Welcome back to Round Guy Radio, and we have David Fine back on uh, the Iowa Heartlanders. He has got the schedule out, and uh, welcome to the program, David. Absolutely. Excited to chat a little uh, hockey here in early May. Uh, Man, so we got the schedule out. Let's, Let's talk about that first. 36 home games, 36 road games, starts October 21st. Uh, 50 games uh, against the Central Division. It's going to be a blast. I'm looking forward to, uh, to to the opponents. There's some new opponents on there. The Idaho Steelheads, Trois Rivier Lions, Newfoundland Groundlers. Um, new Sunday home games, more Sunday home games. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun time. There's a lot to a lot to dive into. Man, that's it's really exciting. And you're you're going to have the promotions coming up pretty quick. We're going to try to um, throughout the summer. Dave, like what happens with the promos is that you want to make sure that you, and we've already had meetings about what we would like to do. And we're going to have a very competitive promo schedule this year because we have a full off season to develop it, as opposed to, as we talked about last year, um, because of the pandemic and other things and getting staff on, it took a little bit longer for that to come together. So there will be a competitive promo schedule. It'll probably take until mid-summer to truly have everything together in late summer to disperse because what you want to do is you want to make sure you can tie partners to it. And, um, you know, that, you know, certain th- there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Like when you do a Marvel night, um, to make sure that you're going to be able to get the jerseys for a particular game, uh, special jerseys and, you know, the list goes on and on and getting a sponsor tied to it. So that there will be a promo schedule. It will come out later this summer. Um, or, you know, a month or two before the season starts. So it's just a matter of when the public will see it versus when all the behind the scenes work will be accomplished, if that makes sense. Well, I like it that you're taking your time because that's, this promotion this year is going to be really, really important. And I want it to be as spectacular and as nuanced as we can, we can make it. And I hope yeah. it's, I hope it's because it's going to make it, you know, a lot of those nights we're raising money for important things in the community, you know? Yeah, there's that. And I think the other thing that's important to remember is that when you have a promo schedule, like there's different type of focuses that go into it. You know, are you going to focus on a particular type of group or a segment of the population? Like, and and just because you're doing one thing doesn't mean you can't do multiple things. Like for a Sunday game, it's going to be more attracted to families, but it's also can be attracted to college kids that wants to want to come out on a Sunday afternoon and have a few, you know, beers at your game or something like that if they're of age. So in summary, um, there's what I think you'll see more of this year um, is that like it won't just be come to the game because it's Marvel night, but it will be Marvel night plus we'll have this plus we'll have this plus this plus. So there's going to be four, you know, three four layers. What we're hoping, um, like you see teams that have been around for you know, 20, 10, 15, 20 years, they have those relationships in place to hit play a little quicker. We are still building those, but we have a fresh take on everything at the same time. So it won't be stale. And I'm really looking forward to it because the other thing, Dave, uh, talk more specifically about the schedule is that there's the opening weekend is October 21st and October 22nd. And then there's not really a, a home weekend until after Thanksgiving. There's only four home games before Thanksgiving. So, and then in December, there's only three home games. So there's 10 games before January 1st. So basically from now to the end of the calendar year, there's 10 home games, which means that there's 26 after 
the calendar flips, which is good for us because there's less of a battle against obviously like Hawkeyes football and, you know, some other, some other, you know, winter seasons that are getting going and the volleyball team that plays here. So we're going to have a really strong ability to build things out because we don't have to worry about playing half of our home games in two months. Like we'll have a lot of time to build it out the right way and, you know, get, make sure our relationships and our, our partners are ready to roll on it. So like, we're in a really strong position with more weekend dates than we had even last year. So everyone's excited here. I know I'm excited. And, and I really like the promo that you put together for the schedule. How did you put that together? <laughs> You're talking about the little video there? Yeah. Well, it has Mark Corver on there, so it's <laughs> all good uh, right at the end. No, I, I, you know, there's a little more time during the off season to develop things. I was the one that made the video and I created just a, a simple thing that said like schedule is here. And I was like, is this really what, is this really what, how we want to announce it? Like, no, I have some time. Like we, we had the schedule completed a week ago um, and we were told about it. Hey, it's going to come out a week from now, like get your stuff together. So it didn't take me that long to do. It was just like, okay, what can, what can we do that is, is different in that, you know, makes it more fun and gets people to click on your link. So that's, that's all that went into that. And then the printable schedule, which is online now, um, is a masterpiece that was driven up by our, our graphic designer. So our graphic designer gets credit for the excellent looking printable schedule, which you can print out, throw on your, uh, you know, uh, throw on your fridge or, you know, if you want to have it in your office or whatever, um, which we encourage. But obviously the, uh, the video and the printable schedule make it a pretty strong presentation. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to uh, you know hear what's going on with the uh, with the team. I know Yuki was in a big tournament. How did that turn out? He finished with the silver medal for Team Japan in what is the it's called the World B Championships. So um, what that means is that they're not at the A level; they're at the B level uh, because Japan is traditionally not as much of a hockey powerhouse as Canada or the United States. So it's the World B Championships, and he finished with the silver medal. So their only loss, they went 3-0, and and then they lost in the finals to Team Poland. Uh, Poland's more of a traditional hockey power, um, and they were the hosts of the tournament. So Poland defended home ice, and Yuki, he performed pretty well. He had a couple assists in the first game, and may have had an assist or two later on as well uh, in the tournament. But it was a good building block for Team Japan, at least from what I understood the Japanese when I hit meaning when I hit translate on what they were saying at the news article that they, they felt like they performed pretty well. And, you know, you win your first three games of the tournament to get to the finals. You can't be too disappointed. Yeah, I mean, it was exciting. And I think a lot of Heartlanders uh, fans followed that, didn't they? Yeah, because I think that there's, you know, people that are big fans are always clamoring for more. You want to know more about your players, what they're doing. And um, I remember explaining to, you know, one of the one of our fans that was, was like, oh, my God, Yuki's playing for Team Japan now. He's not coming back. And I said, no, 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 this is just a quick tournament. And we hope that he can, you know, resign this summer and uh, come back. So that's still another month and a half away. We can really start announcing our team and what you're going to start to see is there's like a season ending roster and then there's a qualifying offers wow. and there's all this stuff and fans can follow that, but that's, that will explain at the time that these are to, you know, like a protected list and these are things that are, are done at the, you know, higher levels as well. But in this league, they're announced more fully 
and they're basically just setting up for who might be back, not actually who is back. So over the next few weeks and month, month and a half, you'll start to see like what our protected list is and our season-ending roster and qualifying offers and all this stuff. And that's just setting the table for us for who will actually be back and guys that were expressing interest in coming back. Well, I'm looking at the schedule, and like you say, it's pretty backloaded. And uh, there's a lot more Sundays in it that I, I, I'm liking that. I really like to, to come to the Sunday games, and uh, it, it, it looks pretty exciting. So let's go over, uh, you know, the, the contracts, that part of it, and, uh, you know, how, how do we uh, – how does the contracting work? For the players, so yeah, what will happen is that you'll start again. You'll start seeing in the next few weeks, like there'll be a season-ending roster, a protected list, qualifying offers, and then I think it's near the end of uh, the end of March uh, or the end of March, the end of uh, June rather, um, where the when you're looking at a schedule all day, you get your months off. <laughs> the one we just put out. Sorry. <laughs> you'll start seeing players begin to. Um, begin to sign. So officially what it is, is that on June 16th is when players can officially start signing contracts. But before then there's protected lists and there's future considerations trades that might be completed. And June 16th will, will have, you know, hopefully a bunch of players sign the contract for the start of the, for the start of the year. So in the, you know, the Jerry is busy at work trying to figure out who he wants to offer. Um, and then free agency um, begins essentially on June. If a, if a player, here's the easiest way to understand it. If a player didn't play for another team last year, like he's a rookie or he, you know, was in the AHL level, but might, you know, need to come down to the ECHL, those players are available starting on June 16th. Like the rookies can become available starting June 16th which is important for us because we're still a young team and we're still going to attract young talent. What we hope to do more of though, and Jerry would say the same thing is we don't want to be the youngest team in the league anymore. We want to make sure that we have, you know, good competitive um, older players like more Luke Nogard that know about coming to Iowa and playing in front of the great fans and the great buildings, state of the art, all this stuff. So that's where we're at when it comes to, um, uh, when it comes to bringing players on board. Well, imagine some of the players, you know, that, that would be available have, have uh, maybe played in the Iowa at, at Coralville uh, at the Extreme Arena and uh, seen what we have to offer. So I think we'll probably be a, a, an attractive one. Now, my new best friend uh, there at uh, Iowa Wild, old Ben, he, he told me there's a I think there's a draft in June, too, isn't there? Yeah, that's the NHL draft he's talking about. So that's more for that'll be a great building block for the Iowa Wild, and it can help trickle down to us as well, um, because there will be players that'll be drafted that might turn pro immediately, those higher-end prospects. Those players might not necessarily, the highest end might not necessarily end up here, but it will outfit the organization in a way that allows player, you know, there's a, there's a lot, there becomes more of a roster crunch and players will start with the Iowa wild. And if they, you know, maybe they need a little bit more tune up, they'll come here. If not, they'll be ready for the NHL eventually. So that's what makes the NHL draft important. Specifically the Iowa wild see a lot more of those players than the Heartlanders do, but the Heartlanders do still see a few overtime. Yeah, I would imagine if they had a young player that wasn't getting enough playing time at uh, at the Iowa Wild, I could see them 
wanting to put him down at the Iowa Heartlanders to, you know, just get him some of that playing time that maybe is not getting. Yeah, well, you saw you saw a couple of those guys this year, Dave. The the one that comes to mind the most is Beto Rodeyev, who was a tremendous defenseman for the Heartlanders this year. And at the beginning of the year, he would tell you he was not a tremendous defenseman. But over the course of the year, um, he came down here. On, he's on an NHL contract. He was drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs, traded eventually to the Minnesota Wild. He had a Minnesota Wild contract, and he performed well this year with an NHL contract in the ECHL. At the start of the year, he needed seasoning. He had only played seven professional games, and he needed to be sent down here. So he came down here, and he ended up putting together a pretty strong season where I think he's one of those guys that's in contention to make the leap the leap and play in the AHL next year. And that's excellent in what the ECHL is for. Guys that aren't ready for the AHL level but are high-end, talented prospects – have the opportunity because of their contract status to come down here, receive the nurturing and development and playing time that it's going to be required to succeed, hopefully in Des Moines next year for a guy like Fedor. Well, the Iowa Heartlanders was a great breeding ground for Fedor to uh, get his talents up. And he did get the playing time. He really did yeah, play he 25 and, minutes a night, probably by the end of the year, which is that's playing time to playing half the game. almost. And, uh, didn't you have a job? Your first job was, was getting, Checking the minutes that uh, prospects played, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, that was when I was, uh, was more than more than a, yes, more than a decade ago at this point. It was the fall and into the early winter of the 2011-12 season. Um, I, was, I was a freshman in college, and I was interning uh, for the uh, Anaheim Ducks affiliate, the Syracuse Crunch. They're not, they now have been for the last 10 seasons, the Tampa affiliate. But my freshman year, they were the Anaheim affiliate. Then when I interned for them later in my career, they were the Tampa affiliate. But anyway, they're the Anaheim affiliate. And it was me and a guy that had developed this system on Microsoft Excel, a guy by the name of Jeff Monahan. Um, but he had used old school Microsoft Excel from like 2007, like Excel 07, and had created a program whereby it trained a formula on the spreadsheet document, you know, Microsoft Excel, where he could um, uh, click on a player's name or click on a cell, which was he just populated with players' names. And if you clicked on that player, he would appear, like a stopwatch would appear, and it would automatically start running the time. Now, the system needed some some work because it was the first he, – he said it was one of the first, you know, ever that was, you know, created for the minor league level. They didn't have the NHL tools that they have now that now every AHL team has to track time on ice. But at the time, it was one of the first an AHL team was using because what made it unique is that if you clicked on a player, you also had to click off the other player at the exact time. So it was a little bit, a little bit wonky, but we would sit up there and we'd kind of like alternate. So he really liked calling out the player names because it was more fun because you kind of get to watch the game. Um, and then, you know, he would let me as an 18-year-old bright-eyed intern switch with him occasionally. And Jeff was a very nice guy. And it was funny. I later worked with his brother at another job, and I didn't even realize it was his brother, which is just a long, you know, story as well. But um, I, but I was working with Jeff up there in the press box, and we would click the names on and off uh, very quickly. So he'd be like, 21 on, 19 off. Or, or, you know, a full line change, you know, like 21, 24, 25 on, 
19, you know, all the forwards off, you know, or something, you'd have to very quickly click on and click off. So it was hysterical. It was like, uh, you know, for you're clicking for, for two, for two hours straight, you're up there on a computer, just click, 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 click as fast as you can. Um, and you'd have a 20, 30 second break between each and you would, you know, hope to get it right. Well, I just mentioned it. So it's because I wanted, you know, I was paying attention. What's that? I only mentioned that because I want you to know that I'm paying attention. <laughs> yeah, you have been listening. That's right. <laughs> anyway, uh, is there any other player news? Any you talk to any of the players uh, at all, or what's going on with the guys? Oh, the guy, the guys are the guys are relaxing and recovering. It, you know, it's been a month since the last home game, um, and then we went out to Allen for the last week of the year. That ended on that ended on the 16th was the last day, and the back on the 17th, players are mostly out of here by the 20th. So you know it's been two or three weeks now of of downish time for the guys, and I, I I don't know their specific schedules. Guys do it differently, but in the next few weeks they really hone in on what they want to do with their career and their life, and if they want to you know go through the grind again because it's a grind in this league. You got to love the game to be in this league. Um, but you know, we look at our schedule and I think that there's a, there's a lot of, there's a couple things that stick out to me, kind of why players would want to be back here. here. Um, what jumps out to me is that there's a few long home stands, which is always good for recovery. Travel, um, within the division is a little bit harder, but the travel outside the division is easier in a sense. Uh, what I mean by that is that. For example, we play Trois-Rivières in Newfoundland, which is a long trip, but once you're there, you're there. They're good teams. They'll be competitive games. They're in the division. It's, you know, you're playing hockey in Canada. That's a, guys like doing that because, it's, you know, there's certain purity to it is what players always tell me. You're going where kind of the sport became, became invented um, to play. So that's like a one road trip. And then there's a lot of trips to Kansas City, and there's a lot of trips uh within the division where you're you know you're going you know one place one night one place the next night which is you know keeps you in a good flow as well it's harder on the body but it keeps you in a good flow um and then there's a lot of weeks off and what i mean by that is where you don't play between monday and monday through monday tuesday wednesday thursday you're off there's a lot fewer wednesday games which is can be nicer on the guys in a sense because they don't have to worry about you play on Saturday, you're off on Sunday, you work on Monday, you work on Tuesday, you play on Wednesday. That's like the traditional uh, thing in this league where, you, you know, you're kind of st- – you only really have a day off. If you get that Monday through Thursday without a game, coaches love that now because it allows four, full, four or five full days of recovery for the guys. And if guys get banged up on the weekend – um, you know, little bumps and bruises, they're normally hopefully available by the next weekend. Whereas if you play on Wednesday and you're going on the road, Dave, it becomes tougher because it's like, well, does this guy travel with us? Can he make the trip? Is he healthy enough to come for this long road? So it, that those type of decisions are easier when when you don't have a game for four or five days in a row. That's one thing. And then the second thing is that guys love having where they have two days off to recover their bodies. So if, they, if you don't play on a Saturday and you don't play again until a Friday, 
you're off on Sunday and Monday in 90% of situations um, where it's, you know, guys can really take the time to rest and recover. And I think that makes a, a, a schedule look good from the perspective of guys are going to, guys like that type of vibe. They don't like to, to have just one day off a week. That's a six day work week for them. Nobody likes a six day work week. I'm, I've made a career out of six and seven day work weeks because that's my job. You know, if we get back on Sunday from a road trip at 11 PM, a lot of times, you're back in the office at you know 9 a.m. on a Monday doing work. That's the life that I I have chosen during the season. Players need the day or two off because they're they're massacring their bodies in certain cases for love of the game over the course of a weekend, and then they get a day or two to recover. Yeah, I, I like uh, I think the Wednesdays are, are a tough night to sell. Uh, you yeah. really can't bring your kids, and you know if you got to get up in the morning, I once get up early and go to work. You know what I mean. But the Sunday afternoons, that gives you, you know, a lot of people from out of town can be coming in and doing their shopping. And uh, the kids, can they can bring the family and the kids to the Sunday games. I think you're going to do, you know, uh, uh, a, a good business with the Sundays. Yeah, the other thing, too, is that, like, because brunch is so popular in this area, the college town, it's younger, um, like the younger community, like brunch is, is huge, even in the IRL. And we've talked about way like ways for a Sunday brunch or, you know, like, you know, you're at a church type of thing. Um, and then you want to come to the game afterwards. So, that, you know, especially later in the year in January and February, we're not competing against the NFL as heavily. Um, and, you know, there'll be some playoff games. Everyone's got to deal with that uh, on their schedule. But those like January, February's are going to be where we're playing on Sundays are going to be huge, too. And we can't wait to, you know, un- unveil so we, we have ideas. Now we just got to put them in action about how we're going to, you know, capitalize on that brunch here in the IRL is huge. So if you're out with your family and you're getting brunch at, you know, 11 a.m., 1130, and you start seeing people going into a hockey arena when you're finishing your meal, you might say, oh, what's going on? And the good thing about, you know, Coralville, Iowa City and Cedar Rapids is like it's not like you're sitting in midtown Manhattan traffic. Like you can easily drive home, you know, put on your hockey jersey or, or Heartlander shirt and come right back and be there, you know, 20 minutes later. So I think it's going to, you know, draw a lot, a lot of new eyes to us that didn't see us on Sundays. This Plus, year, you know, you're making, you're making it sound pretty attractive if you're from out of town, you know what I mean? And you go to the game Saturday night and you get a hotel, but then you wake up and you go to these brunches. I mean, give me, oh. <laughs> the, in my opinion, the brunch in the IRL is, in the areas right around here, they're excellent. There's a lot of good places in Iowa City as well. But I, my personal favorite is just right across the street here at, uh, at Tribute. So I always try to go into there on a Sunday if, uh, you know, you have some time or you want to treat yourself. They have, they have the, they're my favorite favorite uh, brunch item. This uh, breakfast sandwich they do is just fantastic. So a uh, big advocate for myself, too, because I'll come in the office and I might run over there and get some brunch to go. Eat it, eat it in the office and then call, call a hockey game. So I love that. Well, well, talk to me about the parent team. They're in the playoffs. Uh, I've seen they, they, they lost one and one one. Uh, are you paying attention to that? Yeah, I didn't watch the game last night. Probably a good thing because I watched it the first night and they lost it. I didn't watch last night and they dominated. They won six to two. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov had a hat trick. And uh, Erickson Eck there um, had uh, Joel Erickson Eck had, a, had two goals. So they, they romped last night over St. Louis. They needed it in the worst way. Uh, they would, you know, that prevented them from, from or salvaged a split, I should say, to keep it on the glass half full side. They salvaged a split at home um, after they lost their first game. Now, it's not like the NBA where home ice or home court in the NBA is like everything in a series. In hockey, it's, it's not as um, pertinent, though it's important. It's not as important. 
Minnesota would still host a game seven at home. Series is tied at one. All they need to do is just win three of the next five, and they advance to the second round. They're playing St. Louis. St. Louis is a good team. They're heavy. They play the right way. They play defensively. They're rivals of Minnesota. Um, They're really good. And Minnesota won last night, which was highly important after they dropped the disappointing one. But hockey series, as Dave, are, are they're very rarely four or five games. There, if it's if, if, you know, if you get through a series in four or five games, you feel like you've stolen something in hockey because the playoffs are. It's hard to go out and beat a team, you know, four out of five in hockey. You saw it this year in Heartlanders. Like they may have played the, the, you know, if Toledo goes on and wins the cup, like the Heartlanders won three of their final five games against Toledo. So, or uh, three of their final four, I should say, against Toledo. Like, Toledo couldn't, you know, they won the first five, and then the Heartlanders won three of four. So, it's real, and that was at the beginning of the year when Toledo started five and oh against the Heartlanders, and then they lost three of four once we had our normal roster and players. Um, Kalamazoo went 500 against the Heartlanders, Fort Wayne did, all these guys. So, that's like, it's really hard to win, you know. 10 games in a row against the team. So in terms of Minnesota, like, yeah, it's probably going to be a six or seven game series. Like you were talking about. Yeah. So uh, we don't have a whole lot of time left, but uh, who would be some players on the Minnesota wild that would have spent some time at the Iowa wild. Like on their roster right now. Yeah. Oh, so there's a bunch. I'd, I'd have to go and pull up their roster uh, more in depth. Minnesota. A lot of these guys have played, um, in the, um, in the, uh, what's the trying to think of guys off the top of my head. Um, like Matt Boldy was a guy that was called up earlier this year. To, uh, Dakota Hermes is on the Iowa Wild at the end of the year. He's on the playoff roster now. Guys that have played in the playoffs. Let's see if I can, I can get that, uh, up real quick. But like, here's an example of a player that, you know, has played and spent his time in the minors, kind of paid his dues, uh, as well. So a guy by the name of Kevin Fiala, who is of Swiss heritage, Swiss and Czech heritage, dual citizen, uh, played a lot in the you know, junior leagues in, in Sweden and, and Switzerland. Uh, but he spent a majority of the early part of his career, the first two or three years, was in the AHL um, with the Milwaukee Admirals, not in Des Moines, but now he's a star in Minnesota. He's a guy that was a free agent. Jordan Greenway is a, is a very important player um, for the Iowa uh, – was an important very important player for the Minnesota Wild. He was groomed to be in the junior levels and the university levels before he made the jump. Nico Sturm and Brandon Duhame, uh, Sturm unfortunately was traded earlier this year. Um, he's on Colorado now. I just advanced to the second round, but Brandon Duhame uh, played two years with the Iowa Wild. Two full seasons with the Iowa Wild. He's an important player for them. The list can go, I could go on and on here of guys that played Yeah, you can go on and on. I only asked like three questions, and it's been like 30 minutes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, uh, well, is there anything before we let you go? we got a couple minutes left. No, I think that we're, you know, excited for, for what's going to happen with the players re-signing in the next few weeks. You can start seeing news about you know, season-ending rosters and protected lists and all this stuff. Trades, yeah, if there's any to still work out or anything happens. But I think the main thing to know is that mid-June, um, is when players can start to sign. You won't see teams announce 50 players on the first day. It, you know, you, you break it up over the course of the summer, like you normally do one a week or, you know, two every other week or something like that. But you'll start seeing players signing with us. And the promo schedule is going to start to come together as well. But 
if you uh, haven't checked it out yet, it's the it's new schedules on the Heartlanders website, um, how to get tickets. And if you haven't renewed your season tickets yet, you can go ahead and uh, hopefully, you know, do that. Or, you know, partial plans and group tickets are, are starting to come available too. So partial plans are available. Um, you can start inquiring about group nights now that we have a schedule and get your, you know, company or whatever group on board for some of those bigger games. Um, like, you know, right, right around the holidays at the home opener, of course. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah. I think that home opener is going to maybe be a sellout. I hope so. Last, last year, I mean, we came pretty close to it with the first game in team history when it's possible that, you know, not as many people knew who we were just because we were brand new. Um, but you know, islands, the islands, it's all by word of mouth. That's not all, but a lot of it's by word of mouth. You tell someone you like something and they're your neighbor and they're your friend, you're going to try it out too, is what, you know, what we know it to be true here in the heartland. So, um, we know that there'll be a lot of new people coming into our building this year that maybe didn't make it out last year for whatever reason for events and concerts and hockey. So we're looking forward to that. It's probably mostly round guy radio. I'm thinking. Oh Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, it's been David Fine. We're catching up with him. We'll keep in touch with him every couple of weeks and when we get some more roster players. And if if you got any announcements that need to be made, just get, let me know. And if uh, any of the players want to talk, I'm uh, always here. And I appreciate the uh, interview that you got me with the Iowa Wild. I really enjoyed that one, too. Yeah, I listened to it, too. It was great. Uh, ben, ben, is, ben is polished, man. He's He's really talented. He's really good at what he does. Um, and he's a, and, you know, he's a friend and a great guy. So, um, thank you again for having me on. Thanks for getting Ben on and we'll talk to you in a few weeks, Dave. This has been round guy radio with news. You can use that won't give you the blues. Thanks for listening.